This podcast is made on the lands of the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You're listening to Shifting Subjects, stories from Asian Australian life. I'm Lisa DeVissey. Welcome aboard, everyone, on the Hatsibat bus. In this moment, I truly feel like I'm eight years old again and embarking on a school excursion. It's mid-morning and I'm in a minibus that's parked in the driveway of Footscray Community Arts Centre. I'm one of 25 passengers who boarded the Hatsibat this morning. Hatsibat is Vietnamese for singing bus. That's the name of today's event. Um, today we're going to be moving across the lands of the Bunurong and Woiwurrung language groups and so that is the context that this project stems from and particularly coming from a refugee migrant perspective it's important, that solidarity and I think that's something that this project tries to build. You know how a school bus full of kids kind of smells like sunscreen? I haven't thought about that in years. And it's kind of fitting to feel this way because my Vietnamese language skills make me feel like a primary school kid. All the excitement and the vulnerability that comes with it. Today's bus rides are part of an event curated by Lan Nguyen, who you just heard, and Huang Zhan Nguyen, who you'll hear from later. Their purpose is twofold. On the practical side, it's a way of transporting people between two art exhibitions, one at Footscray Community Arts Centre and the other at West Space in Collingwood. And on the level of performance art, Hatsibat is a kind of requiem for a years-long battle to keep a well-loved language program running. More about that soon. But for now, all you need to know is that the minibus is done reversing and we're on our way. I have the immense privilege of uh, introducing someone who I love very deeply and who inspires me a lot. Every bus ride between the galleries features a different host. And for this trip... It's my dad, Sun Nguyen. <laughs> um, so he's going to sing some songs and tell us about his life. And um, yeah, I, I think that's probably a good enough introduction. <laughs> you ready, Dad? Yep. I say I'm a little bit nervous now, but I will get to that. Um, I agree this gig without knowing that, you know, the guy friends and relatives being ripped off for this trip. <laughs> and then Juan and Lana engaged me. I thought it's going to be an easy project and one of my weakest moments. I said yes to it. I grew up in Vietnam um, during the war. As you know, now I was born in 1958. So the war in Vietnam ended in 1975. And um, after the war, I stayed up uh, in Vietnam for um, Another seven years before I escaped as a boat people. Sơn Nguyen was one of so many Vietnamese refugees who settled in Melbourne's western suburbs in the 1980s. Footscray is probably the best known of these suburbs. In the 80s, it was somewhat overlooked. It was historically blue-collar and working class. It was home to factories and a huge meatworks. So it was a place that new and often poor migrants could afford to establish themselves in. Uh, I have sing a song called Bong Mat, which is a uh, which is a song in uh, written by one of the, one of my teacher as well, but very famous musician Phan Temi. 
But it's a song not very popular with the common pop culture in Vietnam. But it's a song about the the missing of the uh, the war, how it make people have to leave the um, village, and how long it for you to come back one day. Each of us passengers was given a little booklet at the beginning of the trip. One double-page spread shows the Vietnamese lyrics of Bong Mat on one side and a rough English translation that Lana and Cern worked on together on the other. You can hear my voice, okay? <laughs> Còn đâu nữa, còn đâu nữa tiếng hát chim non cây đã trường cũ với bóng che xanh đồng đưa đi bóng biết không em, biết không em ta cho tôi bóng mắt cuộc đời. Here's the first verse in English. Where has it gone? Where has it gone, the traditional lullaby sung to me when I came into this life? Where has it gone? Where has it gone, the singing of the young bird on the old tree at the old school and the green shade of the bamboo bush on the swinging of the hammock? Don't you know? Don't you know all these things have given me the shade of my life? There's something really nice about being driven somewhere. I guess it goes back to that school kid feeling. You know, you're not sizing up the landscape to figure out which road will get you there quicker. You're being carried, which means you can look out the window and drink in the world around you. As the bus turns onto Ballarat Road, I try to picture this place in the 80s. I look into the distance and try to mentally crop out the tallest parts of the city skyline. Looking down at my lyric booklet, I imagine being under the cool shade of bamboo on a hot, humid day in Vietnam. I imagine arriving in Footscray some time later and longing for that kind of weather, that kind of shade again. As if in time with the music, the bus slows to a stop, hovering outside Victoria University in Footscray. And by the way, that's the take now, as used to be my uni. It's used to call Footscray Institute of Technology during the 1986, 1987. And this not the building, this building is an admission building. I used to study civil engineering on the other side of building D. 
and we use a camera building aid because most of the uh, Vietnamese uh, multi-culture class and all of the um, uh, art space full of uh, girls on this side the engineer side are the only for the boys so we used to come here to hang around you know the reason why <laughs> By the time Sun was getting his degree much work had been done to formulate radical new language policies to help newcomers like himself get settled Over at Footscray Primary School a mother tongue maintenance program was established It was designed to help newly arrived Vietnamese kids ease into their new lives and curb culture shock Eventually, it would be expanded into a fully-fledged bilingual immersion program. The curriculum would be taught in English for half the week and in Vietnamese for the other. Capture some of your sounds. Oh. The gesso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sound of gesso. <laughs> I went to visit Lana and Huang a few weeks earlier during the preparation stages for Hatzibat. While painting a sign that would eventually hang on the side of the bus, I asked Huang about the shifting needs of Footscray's Vietnamese community throughout the years. He said that by the time his kids were enrolled, Footscray Primary's Vietnamese students weren't just first-generation refugees and migrants. There were second-generation kids as well. Being taught in the Vietnamese language was a way of maintaining a connection with their culture and immediate community. I was trying to raise my kids bilingually and I was also struggling because my language skills are pretty bad too like I'm in like a grade 5 level. And my kids at the time um were starting to transition from speaking Vietnamese with me at home to then refusing to speak Vietnamese with me because they were being becoming institutionalized in the school system. So once once kids enter into the school system, the language they speak at home if it's not English really quickly evaporates because there's nothing there supporting them and telling them that it's okay to speak a non-English language. So Footscray Primary's Vietnamese bilingual program was able to meet a range of its community's needs by normalizing the use of Vietnamese language in everyday life. And for that, it was popular. In 2009, the school's principal told a national newspaper that it was a large factor in the school's ability to reverse declining enrollments. Over the span of a decade, the educators at Footscray Primary had succeeded in developing a crucial educational practice, binding generations of students to a contemporaneous culture, one that was right there around them when they walked out of the school and into the neighborhood. So there's that heritage of not just the program itself but what it represented in terms of the migrant working class history of the area in terms of the Vietnamese community's relationship to the area and i guess more broadly you know multiculturalism what it actually means in practice in the last few decades footscray has undergone rapid gentrification as property prices crept up across the city Attention turned to Melbourne's western suburbs, still close to the CBD, as an affordable place to buy or develop property. In an about turn, Footscray's multi-ethnic communities became a selling point to often middle-class white Melburnians who'd been pushed out of the property or rental market elsewhere. And with it, the narrative around the suburbs' cultural diversity changed, 
Suddenly, being a middle-class and white person amongst these communities who frequented their restaurants was to be cosmopolitan, cultured, worldly. Here's Huang a few weeks earlier. Like, people come to Footscray for its multiculturalism, but what it means for them is, you know, going to a restaurant for a bowl of soup, and that's, that for them is multiculturalism. We're at our destination now, West Space in Collingwood. There's another trip headed back to Footscray soon, so I stick around. I notice that CERN does too, along with his guitar. There are two hosts on this new trip. First up is Tess Doe, a French studies academic. She's going to give us an introduction to the Vietnamese language. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think I can hear myself as well. Okay, so um, (coughs) you know that Vietnamese has five tones, and I think that is one of the things um, which um, sounds to be fun, but actually quite difficult uh, for English learners of Vietnamese. So we can try the ma. I think that everyone can do that. Ma. Ma. Mean ghost. Huh? Ma. Ma. That means mother or chick. Ma. Ma. Wow, that's good. That is one of the hard ones. Ma. Ma means tomb or grave. Then we go for the horse. Ma. Ma. Great, wonderful. And then we go for the rice sprouted seedling. Ma. Ma. We go once more time. Ma, 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 ma. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. So we can do that again. Before I know it, we're being led in song, with CERN joining in on guitar. Tess takes us through the French and Viet versions of Frère Jacques, or Boom Bang. So it means, there you go, time to eat now. We should do it in English. So what happened to the Vietnamese bilingual program at Footscray Primary School? The short answer is it died a death at the hands of bureaucracy, which is to say it was a saga. And what is a saga? It's super long and not very conducive to a podcast format, unfortunately. But that's the power of bureaucracy, right? It's long, it's boring, it's maddening. It just grinds and grinds at you, not in a sexy or a fun way. And that's how it wins. Everything kicked off in 2016 when the school sent out a survey to parents. Here's Huang again. It was a very sly survey in that it didn't ask about the bilingual program at all. It didn't ask about parents' views on language education. It just said, what are your hopes for the future of the school? So obviously people didn't know they were being asked about the language program. Based on the survey, which was conducted only in English, the school deduced that none of the respondents valued or cared for the Vietnamese bilingual program. It then announced that the hours taught in Vietnamese would be reduced, in line with many LOT, or languages other than English programs. What followed were years of back and forth. The school would make moves to curtail the program, and a group of parents would push back, Huang among them. They'd write to the education minister, or call for an audit or an inquiry before a decision could be reached. That's the other thing about bureaucracy. 
it has its own language. Being able to speak it gives you agency within its system. And usually the people who can speak it are almost the exact opposite of those most invested in keeping the Viet Bilingual program running. In 2020, deep in the chaos and confusion of lockdown, the school announced it was shutting down the Vietnamese bilingual program for good and replacing it with an Italian one. Yeah, so Tony, you you have you're one of three kids, is that right? Three kids. By this point in the trip, I noticed we're taking a different route back from where we came. We're headed in the direction of Footscray Primary School. The second host for this trip is Tony Boy, who is joined by his son, Moon. I'm not sure about my children learning until one day I received a survey from the school that they offer five other languages without Vietnamese. It makes me surprised and I feel something unfair. If, if they want to change, why don't they let the parents uh, make decisions? In 2020, Tony created an online petition calling for a reversal of the decision to close down the Vietnamese bilingual program. It garnered around 18,000 signatures and made headlines nationally. Clearly, the situation the program faced tapped into something much larger. You can see this when reading people's reasons for signing. I'll read a few out. Here's one. I truly feel for the Footscray community where Vietnamese is an immediately relevant language not only in many of the households, but all through the retail precinct and community, allowing for a wonderful immersion program and the learning benefits that bilingualism brings to a growing child. One language class is not the same as another when in such a context. And here's another. We have to stop seeing school as a pit stop to a future job and education as a way to optimise wealth output for an individual. These kids are learning a language that is relevant to their immediate surroundings. Imagine the excitement of being so holistically immersed in an educational experience like that. What's striking about these responses is that they're about Vietnamese, but they're also not about Vietnamese. In a way, we could be talking about any language. What's relevant is that the language, whether it's Italian or Vietnamese or whatever, relates to a community, which relates to a place. The language acts as a kind of glue by helping people flourish in the places they live. It helps connect the young people to the old people, the neighbours to the neighbourhood, songs to the voices. And if a tree falls in the forest and says, but no one responds because it hasn't said, mamma mia, did it really make a sound? What kind of tree community are we building here anyway? By now, we've pulled up outside Footscray Primary School, and Tony's son, Moon, is telling us about his experience. And then something wonderful happens, tying all of this together. I um, strongly believe that um, I, um, I, um, I'm very confident at speaking Vietnamese and, and writing, writing and reading. And then Cern asks a question. And singing, can you? Can, can you, you sing it? in Vietnamese? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, that beautiful! What song that can you sing? Um, Not Kia Con Bum, but <laughs> we already sang it. That's the one you did. Yeah, yes. I can hear you. I, I did a uh, uh, last time singles a few years ago. Oh, wow! Can you play that song? What song to sing? Hello. 
bài hát như nào bài hát nè ừ. chống cơm cái gì khen kênh xin chống cơm chống cơm tiền bàn có cái chống cơm hả ố gì đưa đó Not only him and uh, my, my, my little daughter, only um, my little daughter, only four years old can, can sing this song. Shifting Subjects is a liminal podcast and a proud member of the Broadwave Podcast Network. It was written, cut, and hosted by me, Lisa DeVissi. Our supervising producer is John Chia. He also mixed the show. It was fact-checked by Mel Chun. Our theme music is by Marcus Whale. Additional music by Anso, including original compositions. Listen to their music on all streaming platforms. Our publisher is Leah Jing McIntosh. Executive producer is Lisa DeVissi. Special thanks this episode to Lan Nguyen and Huang Trung Nguyen. Thanks so much for having me on board. Thanks also to the City of Melbourne Arts Grants. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about it, especially if they're public transit enthusiasts, because my goodness, what a gift you're about to give them. I'm Lisa DeVissi. See you next time.